It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome back. I'm excited uh, for my guest today, uh, Jack Watley. Jack Watley is a recruiting and hiring strategist who specializes in creating employer branding campaigns that position companies as the employer of choice in their marketplace. He is the author of the upcoming book, Human Code of Hiring, DNA of Recruitment Marketing. Jack Watley, um, I'm sorry, Jack Watley can be, can be, can be reached at humancodeofhiring.com, humancodeofhiring.com. Jack Watley, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Bert. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Looking forward to having a good conversation with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, a hiring strategist or recruitment strategist, what is that? Uh, kind of walk me through that. Well, you know, uh, the whole world of human resources has evolved since uh, business has been changing. And I am the person who is like the sales and marketing department on that side of the company. I do sales and marketing, but I do it for recruitment. So my specialty is making sure that I have uh, the employer branding message congruent with your uh, career messaging that is congruent with all the messaging that we're sharing with people in our recruitment team when we're trying to bring them on as new employees. You know what? And uh, I find that very interesting uh, to have a recruitment branding campaign uh, as you're talking about that. Uh, what does that look like? I mean, why is that important? As opposed to just saying, uh, you know, listing your 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 ad on um, Monster.com or Indeed.com and saying, hey, I'm hiring for this position. Why do I need a campaign? Well, here's the thing. A recruitment marketing campaign and an employer branding campaign are designed to be used in conjunction with your recruitment advertising. So basically what happens when people are looking for a job, they get exposed to your company, generally by a job posting. What is the first thing that they do? Once they've said, hey, this is the kind of company that I want to work for, they're going to go on the internet and they're going to look you up. And here's where your employer branding messaging becomes critically important. Because what that candidate is doing is after they've spoken with someone from the recruitment team, they're looking you up to validate all of the items that they were told were items that made your company special and a place for them to work. And one thing that people seem to not realize as much as they should when it comes to employment, 64% of every person that goes to work for a company looks up reviews before they ever do the interview. And you'd be surprised how many companies that don't pay attention to this. And those are critical factors that will stop top performers from applying and actually working at your company. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so let me ask you this. When an employee is looking for that next position, what is it that they're most concerned or most scared about? Got it. Well, you know, that message has changed quite a bit because of COVID-19. 
prior to COVID-19, if you wanted to hire people, we always wanted to talk about some of the aspirational things that the company would do about changing the world, some of our corporate social responsibility things. Those were items that we would use in addition to your compensation and to attract those people to your company. Well, now, because of COVID-19, people have changed a mind shift on what they want from a job. In the old days, they wanted a job. Being aspirational would bring people in. But since so many people were laid off due to no fault of their own, a lot of people have a lot of uncertainty. They have a lot of fear and they have a lot of concerns. So what you need to do in your employer branding and recruitment messaging now is you need to not position your company as the company that's going to change the world. Mainly you need to position yourself as the company that's safe and secure that you can invest your future in so you so the people that work there will have a constant source of income. Is this making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting you bring that up because COVID has changed everything. And so, uh, you know, they are... Uh, I know that uh, I had a, um, uh, a report that was sent to me today that right now in, in the government, I can't remember if it was Congress or the Senate or whatever, they're looking at uh, employer liability shields because of COVID, because an employer can only do so much. And because we don't know what, you know, how to protect ourselves completely from COVID I think that there's a lot of employers out there that are, are afraid that, hey, they're going to get sued over, uh, you know, by their employees because their place wasn't as, you know, clean as they would have hoped or something like that. So this COVID thing is changing everything. And I think you hit the nail right on, right on the head there <clears throat> as far as people are concerned about, okay, if I go to work for you, what, you know, how stable is that? You know, am I going to be able to work from home? Uh, am I going to keep my job when things get really tough with COVID? Because I think COVID is going to be around for a while. Well, you know, hopefully, cross our fingers, they, we get a cure short, shortly. But psychological standpoint, it most definitely is going to be around for a long time. And it's things that employers really need to understand if they want to attract top talent. And it is, you know, when you're putting together an, an employer branding or recruitment marketing campaign, what you always want to do is focus on what's in it for the person that you're hiring and make sure that your messaging is talking to them. Well, that is an important messaging thread that needs to be in every part of your employer branding and recruitment marketing, but also just as important, people have these hidden fears that you're going to need to answer without them having to ask. And that's the security factor. That is, just like you said, the work at home factor. People want to know that if I invest my time, energy, and effort in something, it's not just going to get thrown away at the whim. They want some security. And that is the number one thing that people are asking for from an employer today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people have joked around and, and, and the only people – uh, who have not been affected financially by COVID are are the uh, the uh, ladies and gentlemen there at uh, uh, what do you call it in, in the White House in in Senate and Congress right the politicians have not had to have any kind of stimulus imagine that all right so let me ask you this 
What are the main differences you expect to see in a recruiting and a hiring campaign to pre-pandemic practice? You know, I kind of touched on it a little bit, just to kind of drive it home really clear. Your recruitment and employer branding message needs to encompass three things, because we know that people go to work for a company for more than just money. So you have the compensation factor that you need to drive home, but also you have the culture factor. Do I fit in? Do I belong? Is this a place where I can grow? And then from there, they're going to really lean a lot on company values. Now, in the past, we had the business roundtable and their socially corporate responsibility. I see this shift happening in business, and it's not just focusing on social corporate responsibility. It's going to be focusing on so or corporate employee responsibility. I see a shift changing from the old days of the purpose of a business or the only social purpose of a business is to make a profit to where now businesses are going back to what they used to do, where they value their employee more, more because they realize that's the key in, or engine to driving their company's economic growth and prosperity. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let me ask you this. When it comes to uh, the states uh, reopening, uh, businesses that are reopening, what will employers have to focus more on employee needs when so many are looking for work? So this, I want to clarify that. So as the states are reopening, uh, right. you know, why will employers have to focus more on the employee needs? Because I, and I know we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the work from home and the, and the, and the cleanliness factor. Are those the only two right. factors that employers are going to have to focus on as, as we reopen, or is there going to be some other items as well? You know, I think it's one of those things that's kind of changing and growing and evolving as we go. So we had COVID-19, which is a big change. Then we've had the big Black Lives Matter, which has really brought to the table something that us in the human resources world have been dealing with for the last three years, which is diversion, or excuse me, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And I see as we go, employers are going to be more responsible or are going to be held responsible for helping their employees in more facets of their life. The next thing we're talking about in human resources is what responsibility or what role can business play in the psychological well-beings of their employees because of the COVID-19 challenges. So I think this is one of those moving targets that's going to evolve and grow as society and trends tend to change and our needs change when we get out of a COVID-19 world to post-COVID-19 world. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, something else I want to get your thoughts on is, uh, and again, we, we talked a little bit about this. We've had literally millions of people that have been laid off and they're looking to get hired again. Is there is that going to be part of the ongoing uh, campaign messages that, hey, if we hire you, uh, you're going to have some kind of job security? Um, is that going to be part of the uh, of the messaging that you're going to see forward moving forward? Absolutely. Actually, I believe it is going to be the key message moving forward because millions of people. One day had a job, they were living life, they were spending money, having fun. The next day that world shut down. And then they got stuck 
I'm in California. There's cities that are closed. We weren't able to leave. We weren't able to move. And I mean, those types of things really affect someone's psychology and desires in life. Because before COVID-19, I wanted to conquer the world, write a best-selling book, become rich, and be an influencer. After COVID-19, I realized that, you know, those things are important, but they're not really what makes the world turn and what really makes me turn. So business is really going to need to dig in and find out what are those key drivers that people have to make them become better people, employees, and give to society. Yeah, yeah, I think, <laughs> man, you said you, you said a mouthful there. Absolutely correct. Uh, everybody's priority changed, right? I, I love your analogy there. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to write a best-selling book. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, I'd like to keep my job, right? <laughs> yeah. I realized my family is a whole lot more important than they were before. Not that they weren't, but you know how life goes. Sometimes you get caught up in the world. I think it really just put a check mark on all so I'll say, hey, there's more to life than what you think. And it's all about friends, family, and how you make the world a better place. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And one of the things that uh, one of the silver linings in this whole pandemic is the fact that people realized uh like you said that friends and family are important that we're that we're all limited here on earth that we're all vulnerable to to uh different things and uh we saw at least here in my community uh, we saw a lot more people taking advantage of that unexpected family time right and and you know what you were saying earlier it's not that our family wasn't important but that we get complacent. We start taking everything for granted. Our jobs are, are permanent. Our families are permanent. Until something disrupts that, then you start to realize that, hey, there is no such thing as permanence, right? It's, it's, all, it's all here on a temporary basis. So I think that that is at least one of the positive things that have come out of this COVID is that people have started to realize, let me refocus my priorities because things are changing all the time. Yeah, I think, you know, from an old sales analogy or marketing analogy where I come from, it's like what's happening is people aren't so focused on where they're going. Now they're slowing down and enjoying the journey getting there because they realize the destination isn't the goal. It's how you get there with class and style. Yeah, well, and I think that, uh, you know, I would even say it's it's definitely how you get there, right? And I don't know about class and style, but maybe, uh, you know, some, some fun along the way. I think that we have, you know, we kind of forgot about having fun. And like you said, we get so involved in, in the next thing, uh, you know, the book, the, 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 maybe it's the stage, maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, getting that next title, that next job promotion. And I think that COVID allowed us to slow down and just kind of like, you know, take it easy. There's some things that I've been missing or, or taking for granted too long. Uh, so I think that that's been, uh, again, one of the uh, one of the big pluses there. Um, let me ask you this. In what ways can a business be more employee centric in the recruiting process during the workplace experience? I think really what needs to happen is businesses are 
are making the shift now, but mainstream is really going to need to grasp this one a little bit more. And it's the fact of the experience of being hired. In the old days with the old command and control business models, the way you would hire an employee was almost insulting. You would ask them a series of canned questions. You'd expect them to answer certain ways. And the better way you answered the question, the more likely you were able to have the job. I think now people or businesses are going to be focusing more on what's truly is this person like? Do they fit in our world? And do they have the innate skills, talents, and abilities that we can develop over time so that they become a productive member of the company and society as a whole? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that uh, you mentioned Black Lives Matters, and, and I think that people are, um, you know, as you said earlier, trying to make the world a better place. And, and we're seeing a lot of companies, uh, tr you know, at least, I want to say cautiously putting a toe in the water, you know, and trying to say, okay, you know, we, we hear you guys, we want to be more involved in the community. Uh, you, you know, you hear a lot of big companies that are always talking, you know, that they always talk about their community involvement. Uh, typically uh, that comes from like uh, big banks that talk about their community or the insurance company. I've seen that several times, but I, yeah. I've now noticed that even a lot of smaller companies are starting to, to really get involved and not just do the lip service. Well, you know, I think people are finally realizing that there is more to it than just lip service. In the old days, we all had uh, we all said employees were the most important thing in the world, but yet for the last 20 years, we treat them as a disposable commodity on how we've always focused on what's important for the shareholder versus what's important for the person generating the money for the company that gives the shareholder value. So there's a lot of shifts and a lot of changes that are going to happen. And I'm really excited to see the direction we're going because the direction we're going is, is focused more on the employee-employer relationship and not having it be so adversarial, have it being more of a collaboration where true um, ingenuity and uh, purpose of life come from. All right, so let me ask you this, because uh, this is something that uh, is probably, at least for what I've seen from the hiring uh, um, employee point of view, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I want to say this probably I, I, at least been going on for 10 years. And that is, you know, there is this uh, on, everything's online. So, you know, you upload your, your resume online. And, and so back in the day uh, when I was out there looking for a job, you know, you would you would drop off mm -hmm. that resume personally. There was a chance of interacting with either the HR person or the direct hiring individual might be the director or a CEO or whoever, depending on the size of the company. But all that's gone now. Uh, and so and, and of course, with COVID, that's definitely even even further removed. So how can I if I'm if I'm out there looking for a job, how can I penetrate all those different layers and kind of stand out? You know, that is an absolute great question to ask. And I think I got a good answer. But most people are not going to be happy when they hear it. OK, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to focus on you incorporated for lack of a better way of explaining it, realizing that most people aren't going to work for one job, grow, you know, climb the ladder of success and get a gold watch at the end. Most jobs people have now are stepping stones 
to their next talent growth. And with that being said, it's going to be important that companies help people go through this journey and realize that as companies go through this journey to tell their employees how important they are to go to work for them, it's going to be just as incumbent on people like myself to do the types of things so I can be successful too, which basically means this. People are going to need to build their very own personal branding campaign from a professional standpoint. They're going to need to have their own LinkedIn, their own Facebook. They're going to need to expose themselves out there so when recruiters are looking them up, they are giving them the message that that recruiter is looking for for a key employee, just like those companies are doing that when employees are looking them up. Make sense? Sure, sure. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. You, you, as, a, as an individual, as a professional, you are your own brand, and therefore you really need to act like your own brand. Uh, you know, maybe you write a book or uh, you have a, 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 an ongoing blog uh, that talks about the industry that you're in and, and it maybe talks about some of the uh, trends that you're seeing or expresses some of your opinions and thoughts. Um, you know, the, the LinkedIn is a definite, um, you know, the, the LinkedIn is, is uh, I think, uh, has made some massive changes to help people really brand themselves. So where before LinkedIn was kind of a, a very uh, limited, uh, I don't know, space now there's space there there's uh tons of space for your videos uh ongoing blogs uh you can write your own articles i mean the list goes on uh microsoft i think is, is investing quite a bit in kind of re um formatting linkedin to be this branding that you're talking about because uh, i agree with you if i'm an hr person and i'm gonna hire two people and they're basically the same skill the person who's going to maybe get a second or third look is a person who's got more branding out there, who, who's maybe, you know, who, who's uh, who's talking about the industry, who's got, you know, who's got a little bit of depth to them other than the, you know, the superficial, the, you know, the, the, the real simple LinkedIn profile doesn't cut it anymore. You have to have some depth. Well, because people, they want to know who you are and what you're about. And when you remove, the human interaction in the same room, being able to read body language, feel vibes, all those kinds of things that make being a human the best species in the world to be have been removed. So we have to learn to artificially do that. But for your audience out there, I want to share something with you. I know this sounds like a really daunting task, but there is a silver lining. And here's the silver lining. All you have to be is just a little bit better than your competitors. You don't have to be the guy that has a million videos or the girl who has a million blog posts. You don't have to be the super influencer. All you have to do is be enough to differentiate yourself from other people in the market. And right now, not many people have that personal branding mechanism in place. And for the people that do, sky's the limit and it'll be easy. As we grow and as this evolves, it will require more effort Right now, if you get started, you're going to be way ahead of the game five years from now. Because reality is, it isn't changing. It's only going to get more complex. Yeah. And I like what you said there. You only have to be a little bit, you know, better. You don't have to put out a thousand blogs or a thousand videos. Um, and and uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's just 
just that little bit more. When you look at the Olympics, uh, people have always used this analogy, and I love it, and that is when, when a, what separates the gold medalists from the silver medalists from the bronze medalists is, you know, that tiny fraction of a second. You know, exactly. and it's amazing <laughs> what that does. Yeah, you know, I kind of take it even one step further because I'm not a golfer, but everybody seems to know golf. And my understanding in golf is this. The million-dollar golfer and the guy who doesn't get any TV time, the difference between them is a half a stroke. But here's the difference. It's not a half a stroke by luck. It's consistent. If you're consistent at the basics, you don't have to be a superstar to win because – the basics are what are fundamentally make the changes. The super cool stuff is the super cool stuff to do. Right. Well, you know what? And, and uh, your analogy is right on because uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I think it was uh, Vince Lombardi, 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 and um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, his last name is Jackson from uh, from uh, the Bulls. And both of those guys were exceptional coaches, and both of them were all about, you know, becoming brilliant at the basics. You know, the 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 the, the fact that you might someday throw that, you know, that hell mary pass and make it—that's great. But that's really going to be luck, as opposed to the person who practices over and over again how to do the basic moves. And uh, I think Tony Robbins. Uh, talks about, you know, he talked about getting his black belt and his black belt. He says it wasn't about knowing a thousand things. It's about knowing six things really, really well. And that's how you become a black belt. That's how you become brilliant at the basics and, you know, how you beat your competition. Hey, let me ask you this real quick because we're getting short on time. And that is um, what is an employee engagement algorithm? I've heard this term. What is it? I knew you were going to ask me that question. What it is, is it is a way to identify an employee's pattern of behavior. So when employees get hired, they have a life cycle. They start at recruitment marketing. They make it through the stages of the recruitment process to finally being offered a job to finally start working. And then they stay working at a company for a defined period of time, and then they leave. In the old days, um, an employee life cycle was four to six years. You hired someone, they would stay that long. Well, now an employee life cycle is one year and nine months. And what I did is over the years is I studied when people are moving through the cycles of their employee life cycle to see when they would be most open to hearing a message from my recruitment company so I can recruit them away from their existing job. And we've discovered in that life cycle of one year and nine months, there's five key times when people are more vulnerable, or should I say susceptible to hearing your employer message where you can influence them to leave their company and come work for yours. All right. So there's five, you said? Yep. There's five times within that life in that cycle. In that cycle. All right. So what are those five times? What are, can you can you talk about those real quick? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that one. <laughs> well, we had the first one is we know that the minute someone gets hired, what happens? The minute someone gets hired, first thing that creeps up is fear. 
everyone's, oh my God, did I make the right decision? Is this the company? I hope it works. So what we do is if you were in my recruiting cycle and we talked to you and we're trying to recruit you and you decided to go work for the competition, first thing I'm going to do is put you in my 30, 60, 90 day cycle, which are the three cycles. Those are the three time points when you're most vulnerable to leave your new job and come work for me. And how I do that is I'm poking at you about the potential mistake that you made in the decision to choose that company, or I'm finding ways to highlight where that company might not said not might not be what they said they were going to be to right. give me that advantage so that you'll hear what I have to say and maybe be open to working for me. Now there's two more if you want me to share those with you. The yes, next I one do. is after. <laughs> You have your first year review. After your first year review, what happens is this. Most companies, they review an employee and they, okay, you did this well, you did that well, you did this well. Okay, Johnny, we're going to give you a raise. We're not going to give you a raise. You get to stay. Well, what they're doing there is they are not tying into the psychological needs and desires of a human being to grow and feel valuable and important. So what we do when someone hits that one-year cycle, with our algorithm, it notifies me, I pick up the phone and call you, and what I'm doing in that message is I'm not trying to stoke fear on you making a bad decision, I'm trying to paint a picture of the future is if you worked with me, the career path that you would already be on and the milestones that you would be hitting. Because everybody, I don't care who they are, wants to feel valuable, important, and they belong. And when you have a path that shows your employee that you value them because you have a series of events for them to grow, you're always going to win, and I don't care how much money you offer. Yeah, no, you hit a very important uh, uh, point there. That's really, I think, the crux of most the most reason, uh, the most, uh, yeah, motivation for most uh, humans to do anything is feeling uh, appreciated, feeling like as though they belong, as though they make a difference. Uh, you know, psychologists have talked about why gangs work, and the reason that gangs work, and they have a recruitment site, they have a recruitment program as well. I studied it, believe it or not. You know, and that is they make their people feel as though they are appreciated, as though they make a difference. Hey, you're part of the gang. You're part of the family. We love you. We want you here. When that stops, that gang member leaves or, you know, or that employee leaves the company, uh, you know, time and time again, I've heard people say, hey, most people don't leave the company. They leave their, their direct report, their manager, because they stop feeling appreciated Whatever happened between that manager and that uh, and that employee kills kills the employee's motivation to be there. So being appreciated is probably number one on everybody's list, even though they may not know it, even though they may not articulate it. And I think it's probably the number one thing when it comes to a, a romantic relationship. Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. You know, isn't it amazing on how? Love, money, and success and failure all intersect. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, uh, listen, I want to put up the website real quick here, Jack. Uh, so if you guys want to get a hold of Jack, uh, the, the, company, uh, the website is humancodeofhiring.com, humancodeofhiring.com. And that's also the name of your new book, Human Code of Hiring, correct? 
That is correct. And anybody that goes to the site, book isn't available yet, but if you choose to get on the uh, advanced copy list, I will send you a free copy when we release it. We have the book available the first quarter of 2021. I didn't want the book to come out in the middle of a, a, a political environment because you know how crazy that can be. Right. Yeah. No, I think that was that was a pretty smart marketing there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Looking forward to having you back again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care, Bert. All right. We'll see you guys.